Hello everyone and welcome back to the monthly video game briefing where we gather the news from the past month and we distill it into a fun 30 minutes or so for people who don't necessarily need to know every single little details about uh, gaming news. Uh, we do that and when I say we, it's me Patrick Beja and him Scott Johnson. How's it going oh, Scott Johnson? Hello, Patrick. It's going great. I'm I'm here. You're there. We're together somehow, and video games are on our minds and our hearts. Uh, it's part of our lifestyle, and and to be able to come here and sort of, you know, let all that escape from the little little tiny valve that is our our voice holes. It's a fantastic experience. You know, when you add hole to anything, it all of a sudden <laughs> makes it weird. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You said mouth hole earlier. And it was, it made me a little bit uncomfortable, Scott. So, um, yeah. I'm glad you let me know. We live in a time where you should let me know when I do that. Yes. And you did. So we're better for it, I think. It's all Excellent. good. We're going to be talking about a Rage 2, and, uh, which is coming out this month. Um, we're also going to say a few words about Days Gone, which came out last month. Um, we're also going to be talking about a number of VR headsets that are coming out, uh, well, between this month, this month and next month. And a little bit of uh, PlayStation 5 and a new Xbox, which is not, you know, the next Xbox, but it's just a new Xbox. You'll see. It's a little bit sad. You'll see what I mean in a moment. Oh. Let's oh. start with uh, Rage 2, which is the one notable game that is coming out uh, this month. And there are a couple of others, but I figured, you know, we don't go too much into niche games. So this one is going to... I think be the most high profile one coming out um, in May. And it is a game developed by Avalanche Studio, which made the Mad Max game you really liked last year or the year before even, maybe even before uh, that. 20, actually, it was late 2015, so it was a, little, it was a while ago now. It's a, it's a while back. Uh, and it's the sequel to a game called Rage, which was an id game uh famous for their fps's that are uh kind of industry defining in terms of engine because they are kind of demos for their uh current engine and uh rage one wasn't incredible it didn't uh, blow up the charts or anything why should people care about rage 2 scott johnson here's why and I, look, I should I should say right up front and quickly that I have a very strong bias towards titles like this, and I love the genre and I love the uh, everything about it. This is this is known, so just know that going in. Um, but here's why I think you should be excited about it. First of all, this is Avalanche Studios, who uh, has made, they brought us the Just Cause series, which is an absolute riot and a total uh, uh, blow up everything sort of simulator. It's fantastic little uh, series. Although the latest game didn't do that great, but still, whatever, it's got a good legacy. Um, they, I think, made a really great game with the Mad Max game. And there are theories out there, or, or I guess rumors out there, that a lot of what Rage 2 is was originally planned as a Mad Max sequel, which uh, Warner Brothers declined to end up making. So a lot of this, uh, some, some of their ideas and some of the stuff they're moving forward with with this game are likely pulled from that. As far as I'm concerned, it's a spiritual sequel, and I cannot wait to play it, but... Uh, the other reason I'm excited is that this is not an id tech engine game at all. Um, they didn't, they're not using id tech five or six or wherever they're at. Uh, they are using the avalanche engine, which they use for all of their games. And so um, I feel like in some ways that's 
good because they know that inside and out in a way that they would not have had they used the EdTech uh, stuff. Uh, so that's kind of interesting just from a background perspective. But gameplay-wise, I expect mayhem. I expect Mad Maxery, uh, world-ending, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic uh, craziness, which is exactly what I want from this title. And it's my... I think it's up to this point anyway, my most anticipated game of 2019. Um, so the fact that we're getting it real quick here is super exciting. Can't wait. It's I think you're you're describing a lot of the background, but you're kind of um, forgetting about the obvious, which is all of the impressions they're trying to give you in their marketing material. And that is the craziest first person shooter i've ever seen it's a lot of mad max you're right in these in this post-apocalyptic uh like diesel fueled world but it's turned not to 11 but to like 20 with neon it's like neon mad max with craziness with special powers for example that i don't think people would expect from a mad max game special powers that allow you to send the enemies flying and to explode them and like all of the uh, uh trailers that they've been showing show kind of a um doom kind of level of craziness the latest doom uh reboot that was that came out in 2016 but on steroids and i think mm -hmm. they're managing to show it to showcase it in a way that seems extremely fun it's almost juggling circus act type level craziness in a, a first person shooter environment um yeah whether that whether that translates well for narrative or any of that i don't know that, yet or even like, gameplay I, it might be that they're capturing some very specific sequences of gameplay that look really good but in the actual game it doesn't uh, feel as great but um yeah, entirely possible. I'd, I've had that thought a few times because all they are showing, nobody's showing extended periods of gameplay where there's ups right. and downs and quiet moments or whatever. It's just, you know, the most high octane moments. And um, I think that's good for them to market it this way. It's totally fine. Um, this thing kind of straddles the line between Mad Max, which is a dusty, barren, you know, dirty place and something like um, Borderlands uh, or even the more recent uh, Far Cry game. Uh, new dawn where it's a little peppier a little more brightly colored um you mentioned a lot of the, the sort of neon colors and the paint that they uh that you see all over this world is is definitely a little bit different than you'd expect from that kind of world so they're they're aiming for a lot of stuff here and i think that they're i mean i'm really hopeful they nail it because i expect to absolutely love this game unless they completely blow it the other thing to remember is Avalanche is famous for blowing stuff up in spectacular ways. Their games have uh, fantastic set pieces and moments of just utter destruction and physics and just, I can't believe I just watched that happen kind of moments. And uh, that's super exciting to me because that's, that, that's what makes these games so much fun. So I, I think this is going to be a huge hit, whether it's a giant mainstream hit or not, I don't know. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot on the line. People are excited about it and it should be, it should be a big seller. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it could be a nice surprise for the year. Uh, if all what we described here has you excited, then definitely consider it. If you're thinking, nope, that's not for me, then I really think the game is not going to be for you. Um, but if you're considering it, I would, at this point, I would still say wait for the reviews before rushing in blind and buying it because as you said, we've seen like 
almost supercuts type uh, trailers where you have like five seconds of action max, which looks crazy, but they're chained together and the final game might not exactly feel like that um, when you, you actually play it. So Yeah, and keep in mind see. that their, re their most recent Avalanche game, uh, Just Cause 4, was received with a bit of a a bit of a ho-hum mm -hmm. um, yeah. it wasn't that it was bad it was just sort of the same and i think people that, that may have dampened or it made people worry a little bit so i'm hoping that 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 they just come out of this box just screaming and running and killing it because it looks rad from this angle but you know again patrick's right read some reviews you know don't jump in unless you're 100 percent sure that doesn't matter how good or bad this is you just have to have it yeah give it a and little I bit of time I don't think there's going to be a lot of people on this property, which we don't really know because it's so different from Rage 1 and Rage 1 wasn't a, a gigantic uh, seller. So I don't think a lot of people are going to just want to buy it anyway. So Yeah, they even have um, a line in the video that says, if you haven't played Rage 1, don't worry about it, basically, yeah. is what they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a few words about Days Gone, which came out last month, just a few, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And uh, the reason I'm mentioning it, we don't usually do like impressions or reviews, but... Days Gone is a PlayStation exclusive, actually first party game, AAA, which uh, Sony has an excellent um, uh, track record on in the past few years. And so we, some people might expect that Days Gone is on that level of excellence. And um, it's it the the feeling, as we discussed in the last episode, was that it might be a little bit too formulaic and a little bit. Um, uh, a little bit tame, but if you like these kinds of games, then maybe it is for you. And mm. it turns out I absolutely love these kinds of games. Essentially, Days Gone is, a, is an open world, narrative-focused, post-apocalyptic, zombie-type uh, game with a lot of uh, 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 motion capture and voice capture. I mean, face capture, um, and uh, the, the kind of AAA game that I usually enjoy. Mm. You haven't played it, Scott. Tell me in like one sentence your impression from the outside uh, of Days Gone. Uh, my impression is that they should, this should be for me, this should be my kind of thing. I do like games like this generally. I just could not get myself excited about it, and I don't know if that's just me or if it's Sony's lack. It just feels like Sony's not doesn't really care about pushing this game it feels very undersold um maybe that's okay i don't know like they're you're the leading platform you're going to sell a bunch of exclusives so maybe this is another one of those but my impression from the outside is that it doesn't do anything that's so massively life-altering that i have to run out and grab it so i just didn't this time and it's totally my kind of game also for full disclosure patrick and i know this isn't one sentence this is like four sentences uh i I'm at that we are at, you know, nearing the end of a console cycle. And whenever that happens, all the way back for me to like NES days, I get weird and I start not wanting to get a new game on an old platform, if that makes any sense. I start to notice, really notice long load times. I start to notice all of the limitations that a five-year-old cycle has or longer. And also I have, you know, progressed on my PC side of gaming to the point that it makes it seem like a chasm between them. And so my excitement is like super high for next generation hardware and super low for this sort of tail end of a console. And it's, it, that's a me thing. I'll totally cop to it. 
but I think that might have something to do with this. Mm. Well, I mean, it is a little bit weird, understandable, but um, I guess Days Gone is definitely not going to be the game that gets you over that chasm. Um, and I'm like you in the sense that this is absolutely the game that I should love. Um, and to end the teasing here, it is not. It's a weird phenomenon. It's a weird game because it basically um, is a game that has everything to be great and to be loved and everything falls flat. It doesn't, it's not a bad game. It's actually a pretty good game, but it doesn't evoke any uh, feelings, <laughs> either, you know, good ones or bad ones. It just happens, that game. Um, the mechanics are okay, the story is okay, there's a little bit of caricature, a little bit of uh, uh, expected stuff, but for some reason, it just does not really work. And that is strange. Uh, and I can't really explain why. What I can't pinpoint the reason technically or narratively why it doesn't work, but uh, it seems the game lacked vision, maybe. It doesn't even have anything that is so broken that you can harp onto it and say this makes it special it is so formulaic uh that even for someone like me it it just you know doesn't work in the end so i would yes. not recommend it i'm sure some people will love it but uh, cold here i can't really say you should go and buy it so just a yeah, at the premium you know triple a price maybe waiting for a sale or a playstation plus deal or something like that well, the problem is there are so many good games, and certainly a lot of gamers and, and people listening have a ton of games in their backlog that they want to play. I completely understand going to the new one if it's worth it, and there are so many games that are worth it. I've been playing um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, actually, um, again, after having not played it for a few months. This game is so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... and Days Gone is not worth taking time away from those other... It's it's only a good game. It's not an excellent game like we have so many others. So, yeah. anyway. There are even other better zombie games out there, probably. Yes. So, yeah. do that. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Oculus and uh, Valve. So, there are two Oculus VR headsets that are on pre-order now and that will start shipping on the 21st of May. Uh, Valve also announced its Valve Index VR headset, which is going to be available for shipping on June 28th, so a little bit later. Um, so, what are these three headsets? The Oculus Quest is $399, and it is a completely wireless device. You just put it on your head, and it just works immediately. It will map your surroundings so that it displays a uh, an image taken through the camera of your living room if you're getting too close to your coffee table, for, for example, which is very handy. Um, it comes with the controllers, the actual uh, Oculus controllers that let you model and see your hands in the VR space. Um, and it, unlike the Oculus Go, which is another um, wireless headset, it 
has six degrees of freedom. So not just rotation, but you can actually move in the space and you can move your hands, which is not possible with the Oculus Go and was to me the largest um, issue with that device, which was cheap, but really did not provide a satisfactory VR experience. This one uh, supposedly, I, I'm guessing does because you have that um, movement that is six degrees and you can move, including your hands and not just rotate the controller or your head. Um, the only issue with the Oculus Quest is that it's a little bit less powered than, of course, something you would uh, plug into your PC. And uh, that means that the games have to be adapted. I don't want to say ported. Maybe it's uh, easier than that. But they still have to be adapted to the Oculus Quest. Uh, um, yes, the Oculus Quest. So that means not every Oculus game is available on that platform. Uh, very quickly, the Oculus Rift S is an upgrade to the existing Oculus Rift. It is also $399 and comes with the um, controllers and you plug it into your PC. So it's just a, 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 an upgrade. It's a better version, but it's not a significantly different version. Um, it's cleaner. It doesn't have, uh, you don't need the, the little uh, uh, beacons that you put in your house, in your room to position yourself. It's uh, inside out tracking, which is really cool. Uh, and finally, the Valve Index VR is kind of the uh, highest tier of VR. Um, the problem is it costs $4.99 by itself, so it's already more expensive. But you also need the controllers and the beacons, which all together with the headset make for a price of a thousand bucks. Of course, you can use the previous beacons if you already had a Valve uh, VR headset, an HTC Vive. But if you don't, you have to pay a full thousand bucks for an experience that is probably the top um, uh, technically uh, available product, but is an incredibly steep price, especially when you have something like the Oculus Rift S, which works the same way, but is easier uh, and, and a lot less expensive. Uh, so that's the summary of these three headsets that we now uh, have coming in the next couple of months. Scott? Is there anyone you would like? And if if so, why? And if not, why? Uh, Oculus Quest, for sure. 100%. And I think I am going to get it. Um, and the reasons are are just a few. Um, I think the price is right. That seems like a good, fair place where I would expect that price to be. Um, it is a huge jump, technically, over the go. Not just in movement, but in fidelity and processing power and all of that. And the fact that it's wireless is, is a huge step forward. I mean, I, I want to go where I think the future is and the future starts here with wireless, not tethered to a bunch of other hardware. It also is an inside out tracking device, which is the future. Like whether we like it or not, whether the fidelity is great or not, or better or not with towers and, 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 you know, points of, of triangulation in a room, it doesn't matter. The, the masses will move toward, wireless and no need for those stupid towers so that's that's way more appealing to me like it's almost a like the, as, as interesting as the power and the capabilities of the new index are from valve um that's exciting in lots of ways but i have no desire to hook up more stuff i don't want to have any more of this i don't want to worry about my freaking room i don't want to know where i have to put these stupid towers i don't want to deal with it i don't want to have more cables to think about i just want to have immersive experiences at a reasonable price untethered and i'm going to get that with 
with uh, uh, with the uh, quest. So I, I I believe that will one hundred percent be the one that I have any interest in. The rest of these can all bite me. <laughs> but so you're not concerned about the fact that uh, they need to port the titles to that version of the headset uh, at launch. There will be about fifty, some of them being the the must uh, buy titles on the that type of device, but you don't have all of the library from Oculus. That's not a concern for you. No, because, um, I mean, partly because I, in a lot of cases, there is no porting. Um, I did a bunch of reading on this and a lot of the developers are like, yeah, that's only for, you know, somebody's got mega texture packs or something that only works on the S or something like an, an the index or even the high end Vive, um, that they're not, you know, that that's different, but most games are, are going to be, the quest is going to be, be able to produce the kind of fidelity you would expect. And so they will either be easy ports or no, no port at all, because it's a, they're using the quest as the baseline. And a lot of developers think that this will be the one that sells the most. And I agree with them. Mm. So they'll, that, that one will get the most attention. That'll be the one that gets developed for first. So instead of people porting down, it will be porting up. And that's a very different process and one that doesn't, you know, really affect you if you're a consumer of the 399 Quest. So, so that stuff doesn't bother me. And I just think that's where the momentum is. It's not toward the high end, all hooked up uh, together stuff. The high end comes over time, no matter what, but it will continue to come to a more portable and non-tethered and non-towered experience. And so I just, it just is so much more appealing to me. I, yeah, I'm very, um, I really want one. I bought an Oculus Go, so I kind of have to force myself into justifying the purchase if I do purchase one. But I think I'm going to wait a little bit. But even as I decide to wait, uh, I can absolutely see how this is so much more the future of VR than something that is tethered. Um, of course, the the processing power is a lot uh, less uh, is a lot lower because you have everything uh, portable. And it's, a, I think, a Snapdragon 835, which is overclocked because they, it doesn't need to, you know, they can use it, the, all the power. And even if it's done in a couple of hours, then you can recharge it. It's not something that needs to run for the whole day like a phone. Um, but, yeah, I think this would be the thing that uh, is the most interesting for most people. And if you want people to... Um, to to get their first first entry into VR, then this is probably what uh, you want them to start with because it's so much easier. Yeah, I I really do think so. And I'm I'm you know I'm like you though. I'm not going to get it day one. I'm right. gonna I need to see, but uh, I, I I just have a feeling that of all the options, that one's going to be the clear winner for me. All right, so um, that is for VR. And finally, uh, last topic we wanted to cover is the next consoles. And that's a little bit cheeky. It's actually uh, the PlayStation was discussed in an exclusive Wired article. Uh, It was an interview with Mark Cerny, who is the architect of the PlayStation 4 and the probably named PlayStation 5, although he refuses to call it that. Um, There is... And for the the, the Xbox, I'm just going to say right now, I I call it the Xbox One sad because I'm mean. Uh, It's the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. 
It's the Xbox yeah. One Sad Edition. Um, but it's it's really a, it's an interesting product. It's a uh, an Xbox One S, but without the drive. It had been rumored for a while without the disc drive. So I, it it's just a little bit cheaper. The thing is, you always have there. It's the the Xbox One S with the drive seems to be in perpetual. Um, uh, uh, sale status, so it's almost always cheaper. So I guess what they're going to do is that come Christmas, uh, they're going to have this Xbox One S old digital edition dirt cheap. And if you have a good internet connection, you're probably already downloading a lot of your games. If you don't need the drive, which some people don't, then uh, it might be interesting for you at the right price. But that is almost, you know... Uh, uh, uninteresting as a device it's just something that exists the playstation 5 um to be honest it wasn't that much more much more interesting because everything they discussed was the things that uh we expected and the suspicion is that the reason they discussed it now was that they are sending more and more development kits to outside developers um and so the specs were going to leak and stuff like that so regarding the specs it's it's exactly what we expected. More powerful CPU and GPU from AMD. Um, we have a super fast SSD, which they say will have uh, an impact on um, actual development because it's so fast that you can uh, import the content of the game in the ra in the RAM, uh, the streaming the content of the game so fast that you can have much uh, more interesting and different uh, assets, which uh, a couple of developers I talked to actually confirmed it wasn't just a marketing sell. It was an actual uh, uh, concern of theirs when developing. And uh, that's about it. There wasn't a lot more they discussed. And they didn't discuss VR or cloud gaming, which are two things they are saying they are very committed to. And, you know, essentially, we might have more news in the future. So... Yeah, not a lot of massive news. It just happened in, in both of those cases. Anything uh, that struck your fancy in those uh, new devices? Well, I mean, they, they did say on the VR front, they did say backwards compatibility was was a lock for PSVR. Um, oh, that, you're right. That's massive, actually. It's pretty massive. They've been very successful with that. You know, four to five million PSVR sold. That's a strong... That's a strong thing for any accessory in any console generation. Um, some would say, well, yeah, it was like 33. Less, but, yeah. People are like, 33 million consoles and only 4 million? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's a huge number for accessories. Accessories are notoriously horrible sellers after the fact. People usually don't buy add-ons for their consoles, but that's a really strong showing. It's better than the Kinect ever did. Um, and so... Uh, them saying, well, yeah, it'll be backwards compatible is a good thing. I think that's 100% what they should do. The bigger question for me is, is there a immediate future for more um, from, from, the, from PSVR as a platform? Will there be a new headset? Will they, uh, you know, eliminate the need for the camera and go with some, with some sort of inside-out tracking, something better than those move controllers? Like, there's a lot of questions about that, but uh, it's very possible that, that, that we get something super rad second generation out of PSVR, but they are very tight-lipped about it for now. And I I don't know if it's something they even bring up in the initial, like when they when they do finally make a, a, a full accounting of this and do it via video or whatever they end up doing, um, I don't know that PSVR will even be featured in that. Maybe, maybe. I don't, I, maybe not in the beginning. Um, 
I think they, they we're not going to have more information before probably the end of the year. They did mention that the 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 console wasn't coming out this year, which everyone knew, but they confirmed. So it's probably going to be head to head next Xbox and next uh, PlayStation for uh, the holiday season of 2020. That is mm-hmm. the likely scenario. One might end up coming uh, out earlier, but uh, we'll see. And the interesting thing with the PlayStation VR is that the the backwards compatibility, um, by the way, backwards compatibility is for everything PlayStation 4. So every PlayStation 4 game will be playable on the next PlayStation, which is, again, expected because it's PC ar- architecture, but is nice to hear. Um, but the, the nice thing about the PlayStation VR is that um, essentially the device itself is kind of like a screen. So if there are VR games that take advantage of the power of the next PlayStation, then your existing PSVR should display a better image. Um, So that's kind of uh, uh, um, another reason if you have a PlayStation and want a cheap, really functional uh, headset to buy a PlayStation VR. Um, it's much cheaper than the Oculus Quest, for example, or Oculus Rift S. Um, and it's it's pretty decent. It will provide you with an, a nice experience, especially if you have the um, move controllers for some of the games. Uh, but that being said, I fully expect them to go um, much bigger than this, uh, on uh, game streaming, maybe not as big as Google and Microsoft, but I think they will have a beefed up offering from PlayStation Now, um, and it will be a big part of the PlayStation 5, and at some point to have a new VR VR headset. Uh, It would be surprising to me if they didn't. Um, So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I can recommend buying a PlayStation VR now, but I think if you're curious about VR in general and uh, just want to have an introductory experience, I think the PlayStation VR is now around 200 bucks, something mm-hmm. like that. And for that price, you cannot get a better um, a better headset if you have a... Oh, yeah, they're absolutely the... the if you're just VR curious uh, and, and you likely already have a PlayStation because, again, you're part of this, you know this successful run for them for this generation it's a no-brainer like that is the place to go if you're just like i just want a taste of it i just want to mess with it i want to have a little bit of this in there uh, here and there and you don't want to just invest full in on on a platform that thing is just dumb cheap and uh, you know certainly compared to its competition is it as nice or will it hold up compared to some of this new stuff i mean no like the the oculus uh, quest alone will make the psvr seem like you know, grandpa's VR, but it's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's a great entry point and totally worth getting. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the packs are around 250 to 300 bucks on Amazon right now. Um, The 250 version has a a game that is really great. Astrobot Rescue Mission. Moss is also very impressive, but these packs do not have the move controllers. I would suspect, I would uh, suggest getting a pack with the move controllers, um, which are the thing that will model your hands inside the uh, world. And while those are not all, um, uh, the the games don't all take advantage of that. 
I would say that this is where the real magic happens. There's a game called um, Beat Saber, which is actually available on the Oculus Quest as well, which is really fun. Um, and just, you know, it's essentially a rhythm game with um, lightsabers. And it, yeah. it works really well. Um, it's really good. It's really good. The fact that that's on the Quest is one of the reasons I want the Quest because that's a very high fidelity experience and and should look great on that platform. And yet I will not be tethered to any freaking PC. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So that's about it. Any thoughts on the uh, Xbox One old digital edition? Uh, yeah. If this was earlier in the cycle, I would own this. This would be my Xbox. Right. Um, I already do this on PCs, PlayStation, my usually my Switch, unless there's a deal. I don't like physical media. I like downloading my stuff. I'm, I'm a digital guy. That is my thing now. It's how I roll. And so I would be 100% in on this. It just feels too late in the cycle to matter to me. Um, so again, it's back to my bias about end of cycle. But it's it just doesn't feel like the right investment now, given where we're at, because we're about to get a bunch of new stuff. So why would I invest in this? Um, I think that it is cool and I love, I, I think the price point's a little high for what it is. I still think that should be lower. And I know they're giving away some games with it that probably make it a screaming deal. I, I don't think um, we, we mentioned the price point. It's two forty nine, um, Yeah. Which is, a yeah, high. a little bit expensive. A little high in my opinion for what is essentially just a basic Xbox one, uh, that doesn't have physical media drives in it. So I don't know, like it's an interesting it's an interesting purchase for anybody, but I, at this stage, not a chance. Three years ago, you probably had me. Mm. I think so it's going to be. I, it. I, I think it's going to be much cheaper come the holiday season. There are going to be sub two hundred bucks uh, uh, prices. I think there might be potentially a, a world, a uh, a universe where this box transforms into a um game streaming box for the next um xbox console and service you know the x cloud and they will announce this at e3 in just a month um so that console kind of makes serves two purposes um and also we tend to forget this but consoles have a very long life cycle um i believe the playstation 3 is might not be manufactured anymore because we're very deep into the playstation 4 life cycle but they have a life for several years after the next generation comes out and people mm -hmm. who can't afford to uh you know plunk down 400 bucks in a in a console will pick one of those up at 150 200 bucks or even cheaper and get into that generation of gaming at that point so i think that is why that console exists for those people possibly although again some people will say well yes but the xbox one s with the drive is often cheaper than that uh version so yeah, I, I think they want to le lean on the promo prices uh, come holiday season, and and that's yeah. market you segmentation. A, you make a really strong point, though, that I think deserves um, just a little additional comment, that this device does present itself as possibly a streaming receiving device that would also be a great download Xbox One era games to in full fidelity or whatever that means, but also hey, it's my connection to xCloud and I'm playing all the future tech on my same thing that I only paid $249 for in 2019. I mean, there's, there is an argument for that. 
they're not necessarily making that argument, but I could I could see that happening with that. Yes. I think they might start making it when they present their next console at E3 in a month. Um, and I think all of the Xbox Ones will be, uh, you know, capable of receiving that service. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, it's not a big leap. Every device in the world is <laughs> targeted as being capable of uh, playing those uh, uh, that service. So right. it's, it's all of the Xbox Ones. Maybe, uh, you know, the all PCs, of course, some TVs, all of the boxes, all of that. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. That brings us to the end of this episode of the monthly video game briefing. Briefing. Thank you very much, Scott, for being with me. Um, oh, yeah. If people very efficient more, today, man. Look at us. We got all kinds of info and it was so efficient. But I think people are going to expect this from everything in their life today, and it's not going to happen the way we did it. So good luck out there. Yeah, good. we're sorry for raising your expectations so high with this episode. Um, it, well, I mean, if they want slightly less efficient podcasting from, from you, Scott, uh, where would they go? Uh, they should go to frogpants.com slash podcast or just frogpants.com. It'll link you right there and check it out. There's a million things happening uh, but for gamers in particular, if you want a deeper dive into, let's say, the more niche games that are available out there, indies and strange little experiences, I focus on that on the Boop Show, which is a weekly podcast. And if you're more into the hardcore video game world and want to have real arguments about big industry things, uh, then I would recommend listening to Core. Both of these shows are available in the eight or so that I produce and available now at frogpants.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. I haven't checked out Core since you stopped uh, doing just um, uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm. I, I should check it out again. Thanks for the you reminder. Check it out. It is very. Uh, I think you would really like it. It's a. It's up your alley. Um, oh and it, wow! And I thought you were going to be a, say it's up something else. Uh, no, I was going to say it's in your. It's in that whole word again. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, we really. I mean, we we had a pretty smooth transition, and and we didn't really lose any listeners. It was a kind of a weird thing, uh, but we we go deep on big issues like layoffs and stuff that happens in the industry and this riot uprising yesterday, and you know those kinds of issues and conversations are a big part of what we do there. We talk about games, of course, but it's it's also the kind of the bigger picture stuff and think between the two shows i think it's a it's a really good range so definitely check it out patrick and anyone else who might be interested excellent well uh once you've listened to core and you're done with that show uh why don't you subscribe to pixels as well where i go over a lot of the gaming news in a more core way not super hardcore but uh, always understandable but uh, we dive a little bit deeper into the news and games and that's more of a classic type of uh, gaming show so essentially from all of this you have all the gaming needs served for your entire life um you're very welcome and as, as the phrase as the kids say you've been served you have uh yeah. and if you want more service you can go to uh not patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I will serve you with uh, wonderful photos of the Finnish countryside, for example. That is just <laughs> one of the services I provide. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can also find the Daily Tech News Show, which 
this podcast is kind of a cousin of um we're we're pretty close with Tom Merritt over there at Daily Tech News Show and uh we will be back in about a month maybe later in the month um because E3 is going to happen and we will have to digest all of that uh mountain of information in order to provide you with what is important only so we'll see exactly when we record mvgb next month but it will be in the first half of uh, june i'm guessing until then enjoy gaming responsibly that doesn't mean anything all right talk to <laughs> i you like tomorrow. it no it's good <laughs> yeah, no.